You're listening to the Unstoppable Business Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. Hey, Damien. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. That's all right, Brian. Good to be here, mate. Awesome, man. So, you know, when people ask you, what do you do? How do you answer that exactly? <laughs> uh, look, I usually say, I, I, it depends on who's asking, but usually it's, it's, look, I have a dating coaching company. That's as simple as I put it. Mm, I see. Okay. Like it, that probably gets pretty interesting responses, right? Yeah, it does because people aren't really sure what to make of it. And that's kind of why I said as well, it depends on who's asking. Because if, you know, if you're being asked that question by um, a woman who doesn't know you very well yet, it can easily go into, oh, are you teaching sleazy pickup artist strategies, trying to take advantage of women, trying to play head games with people? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that can be first and foremost on the mind. If you're talking to a guy, it's less likely to, to go jump straight down that path. Um, and so very often it becomes a, so what, you know, the question becomes, of course, so what is that exactly? Because <laughs> everyone's not quite sure right. what that really even looks like. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So Damien, um, what started you on this path? Like, you know, how did it all begin for you? Sure. So, I mean, you know, most people get into any form of coaching have usually struggled in that area before in their lives. And that's what gave them the inspiration to get rolling. And it was really no different for me. I, when I was a younger guy, I came out of a really, really bad relationship. Um, and mm-hmm. I just came out of it in pieces really. And that was when I was 21 years old and that sort of shot me on a journey to try to deal with a lot of my stuff. Um, and as I tried to deal with not just my stuff with women, but my stuff as a man, like some of my shortcomings in general as a human being. And, you know, I got involved in a few different areas. I got involved in regular kind of self-improvement, life coaching style stuff like your Anthony Robbins and all that kind of thing. And I got very involved in, um, something called men's work, which is kind of your David data, developing yourself, your masculine side, all that kind of thing. And then Mm -hmm. I also started to dabble in the pickup artist community that was growing back then. I mean, I'm 36 now. And so this was way back in 2004, 2005, when this whole thing was kind of growing, it was still very underground. And and what I noticed was I was dabbling in that industry compared to all the other forms of self-help or self-development I was working on was a lot of the people I met, like the people who had really gotten good in that sort of pickup field. It's like they were really good at it. Mm -hmm. They were picking up women, but they were also, they felt very, um, not necessarily well adapted as human beings outside of that. And I saw that not as a rule of thumb, but I saw it at a very high frequency. It was like, if you master this, evidently you're not necessarily going to be happy. You're not necessarily going to be well adjusted compared to everything else I was looking at, like developing your business life and developing your, you know, spiritually and all that kind of stuff. It was like people in this were almost, almost creating this form of self harm if they weren't careful trying to get better with women. And that mm. became apparent if, if any of your listeners have read books like the game and stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. the main, main protagonist in that book, like both had serious, like emotional issues going down the line, um, as a result of their work in that. And, and so, look, my inspiration started when I, because I was so heavily involved in working my own stuff, I realized that there was a better way to learn to flirt with women and try to attract women other than trying to play head games with them. You know, like the pickup artist industry wasn't all bad. Like there was some good stuff, like good advice there, but it was tinged with some negative stuff, some stuff that I think is harmful to one's self-development. And so that became the inspiration. I wanted to give men an alternative strategy. And 
I got a bit of a reputation long before I did this for a job. Just guys wanting to head out with me because I was telling guys, hey, you don't have to play head games to attract women. And I think most that resonated with a lot of men. Like if you're told, oh, sorry, you're going to be sexless unless you manipulate women. I think a lot of men will go, well, I guess I've got to manipulate women. But if someone comes along and Mm -hmm. says, hey, that's not necessary. Men don't want to men don't want to hurt people. Mm -hmm. Men don't Mm -hmm. want to make the world the worst place. And so I, you know, that's I got a bit of reputation. So once I had that. You know, I needed to start charging because it was just too many people trying to get in contact for help. So that kind of how it evolved and got running. Hmm. I see. So it kind of naturally progressed for you, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I, I had ended up throwing attention into so many different parts of my life. I was trying. I was one of those guys who like to try everything and just give everything a while. Like, I'll do this one month challenge. I'll do this. I'll try this thing for you know, two months, three months and give it a whirl. And so I tried a lot of different things on myself. I was a bit of a human guinea pig. Um, and I, I learned a lot from that. And so I started to, you know, it was easy to then apply that to training. And when I created training, I could create, pull from vastly different fields of learning, vastly different fields of education. You know, I'd pull this strategy from Anthony Robbins. I'd pull this strategy from some study I read about in 2014. I'd pull this study from understanding of, um, you know, human mating cycles and, you know, lots of different stuff Mm. could get pulled together. So it became a Mm -hmm. product that was very different from what anyone else was offering. Wow. That's super cool, man. So when did it, when did you decide to actually, you know, start coaching? Like, was there, did you have like a different job at the time and you decided to like go full time at this thing or how did that develop? Yeah, it's a good question. So I, I had this idea that I wanted to start school of attraction, my business. Um, and I started putting together some ideas for a course and, uh, my, the girl, the girl I was seeing at the time was a psychologist. So she was kind of throwing some stuff in as well as I was putting this together. I started to design my logo, but it never got a lot further than that. Um, you know, my partner at the time, she was, uh, she was older than me and she was really wanting to start a family and I was really wanting to start Mm -hmm. a business and didn't want to be an absent dad running a new business. So I, we split up because, I, I knew I needed to pursue my own passions first before thinking about a family. So so once we split up, I started to slowly work on building this business. I created a course and I took my first couple of like tentative clients at a very low price, you know, because you always in the beginning, you always tend to undervalue yourself. Um, and one of my earliest clients turned up to a coaching session with a girl already. And what he had actually done was he had lied to that girl and told her he didn't tell her he was doing a coaching session with me. He just told her that he wanted a wing girl to help him pick up girls. Um, (laughs) And she's she's like, I smell a rat. And she cornered me and she's like, what's going on here? I'm like, you're going to have to speak to your friend. But by the way, I'm Damien. I think you're really cute. Um, So I ended up dating this girl. Um, (laughs) Wow. Well, we didn't didn't really start dating. We just started Uh casual for a while. But we ended up dating because she was a really interesting chick with a really screwed on head. And she, the reason I tell the story about meeting this girl who I'm still with, by the way, um, 11 years later, the reason I tell the story is because she was very pivotal in the beginning. I had sort of this idea that I want to get this business running. I had a really good full-time job and she convinced me to, She said to me, why don't you, instead of sort of taking occasional clients through, why don't you leave your full-time job, move in with your parents, take whatever money you've got saved up, and just really give yourself three months and see if you can make something of this for yourself in three months. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, Mm -hmm. then give up 
and move on to something else. And if you can get traction, do it. And she said, you know what? I'd like to go on this adventure with you. I'll take, I'll leave my, she was almost finished studying law. She said, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to defer and we're going to give it three months and we'll be partners in this and see if we can make it work. And after three months, we were making enough money to get our own place and move out and turn it into a company. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history there. Wow, that's pretty awesome, man. I mean, at, at that time, like, um, how old were you to be moving back into your um, your parents? Yeah, I was 26 when I moved back in with them. Mm. So that was kind of like a difficult decision, right? Yeah, it was tricky. I mean, I had I had independence. I mm-hmm. had a pretty decent life, you know. I had good income, I had a good job, and it was all scary to leave all of that um to try to start a business that I had no reason to believe would necessarily be particularly successful. You know, I didn't know a lot about business, so yeah, it was a bit of a scary thing to embark on, but it was a challenge. It was it looking back, it was some of the most exciting times that I've had. Hmm, I see. So since you had to learn all these new skills, like business was a challenge. What are some other big challenges that you had to face during that time? Yeah, I mean, there are some big ones. I mean, one of the big ones was start running a business with someone else. So, I mean, that nearly tore me and my partner apart. That is really hard, especially really? when you're both relatively opinionated, dom- like dominant personalities. That creates a serious clash. Um, you you really, you got to have some serious com- good communication skills uh to run a business together it reached it got really bad i had to buy her out actually of her her part in the business and we work together again now many many years later um because <laughs> uh wow. now we've grown up a lot and it's going to work it works well for us but yeah that was really hard i think anyone starting business with someone else i've i've seen way more horror stories of people working together than i have of people doing it on their own it's like you're better off hiring people than have 50 50 partners you've got to have a boss it's always how that works. And so that was a really big one, you know, learning how to learning how to self-manage was a hard one for me. And right in the beginning, because you have to, there's no boss looking over your shoulder. You've got to decide when to work and you've got to decide, you know, um, how much is enough work and, and, and you've got to stay motivated, even though you, there's no guarantee at the end. Like when you work for someone else, you make money per hour. But when you work for yourself, it's like, uh-huh, you might make money, you might not. Let's see. Right. <laughs> and so that's kind of scary. And that was a really hard one. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, once I once I wrapped my head around that and I got really motivated and I started working consistently, the other, next problem was working too much. So, you know, in those early days, I was working like, you know, 90, 100 hour weeks. I just had no life. I had no time. And I... One of the things I had to learn was how to work. Well, a couple of things. One was how to make sure that you get time off, even though the business is screaming like a crying baby for attention. Uh-huh. And the other one was also learning how to really maximize your time and learn to work smarter, not harder. Mm. And, and so the, those are the couple of things that you learn, I think, over time. I think some people some people fall into the trap of just working for the sake of working. It's like, I'm doing hard work, so I deserve to feel good about myself rather than you know, how can I, how can I do 80% of the work with just 20% of the effort? Mm, I see. So on your path to like learning all this stuff, um, it's like a completely new skill, like business marketing. Um, do you wish, you know, anything could have been different during that time for you? Like if you had a magic wand and change anything? No, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, lots of mistakes were made. 
Um, lots of money was wasted on things like SEO companies and advertising agencies and good Lord. But the thing is that the way I always looked at it is that was a, I paid for my education, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was getting a high quality business degree, so to speak, not mm -hmm. an actually a degree, but you get what I'm saying, but I was paying mm -hmm. for it. And you know, my, my initial investment was only two grand to get the thing rolling. So for two grand, I'm getting this amazing education. Now, I've lost money along the way too, like as I mentioned, but I also made money. And so I was paying for that education and I never, I never spent more money than I could afford to lose and keep plodding along. So no major mistakes were made. And so I, I wouldn't take them back because there were educational opportunities. I suppose the only, the only thing that I wish I could change, but I couldn't would be not having had, not having run it with my partner as a 50, 50 split. Um, I think I would have arranged that a little bit better to allow things to be more harmonious. Um, I also would have known, I also would have been, I think anyone working with a partner, one thing that skill that will seriously help you along the way is make your partner feel like what they're doing is really valuable and important to the business. Because anyone who feels that way is going to work harder. But mm, if they feel mm -hmm. like if you allow them to start feeling like their work doesn't matter or isn't mm. good enough or, um, you know, it's counterintuitive because uh, this is what I learned too with my partner in those days was she was struggling to find motivation. And my big failing was uh, making her feel like she wasn't getting enough done. And we were always behind the eight ball. And she wasn't getting enough done. But if I had have instead just praised the work she was doing, she would have been way more motivated to do more work. Um, and I think that's a mistake. That's a lesson I've learned for employees as well is when you make them feel like they're performing really well, they start to perform better. <laughs> but if you chastise them for not getting enough done, oftentimes that backfires and they do even less and less and less until they burn out. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a really good insight. Yeah. So, um, Damien, tell me about your first course. Like, how did that like during the launch time, the creation process, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, look, my first, my very first course for a long time was in-person coaching. Um, so, you know, with your question, would you like me to talk more about the creation of my first online stuff or just in general, like the first course that I launched? I guess in general, the first course you launched, yeah. Yeah, so the first, the very first program I launched, it evolved rapidly over time. So my partner and I, what we did was we sat down and we said, well, we want to be making... 80,000 a month. How, how do we create something that's going to be worth 80,000 a month to us? And we, we sort of sat down with all these pieces of, um, you know, a three cardboard paper. And we, we started to develop all these strategies and we thought, okay, well, how do we need to interact with the media? So media is going to want to promote us. How do we work with advertising? Like where, where do we need to be advertising ourselves and what kind of things do we start bringing people on board um, you know, is like uh, tripwire sales and stuff to get people on board. And we said, what kind of a product is going to be worth a huge amount of money? So it's a premium product that people are buying into. So we sit at the premium end of the market. And we started to ask all these questions about how do we position ourselves this way. And and it, it was very interesting in that some of the most amazing ideas that still persist to this day that make our business unique was stuff that we did in those early days that we have put down on those pieces of cardboard and stuck around the walls to inspire us in those oh, early days. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. And so, um, and so, yeah, I think that's how a lot of that evolved. We, 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 we start to think about how we could leverage, for example, one of the things that we have in our courses is mentors, mentors, right? Mentor system. And one of the, one of the interesting, fascinating things about mentors is that 
um, mentoring other people is very beneficial to your own self-development. Um, it is not a selfless act. It, you gain a huge amount for it. So we started to realize that we could integrate mentoring into like advanced advanced students could mentor new students, right? And that started to become a way that we could give new students way more value um, by just providing mentors for them as well as coaches, as well as coaching time, as well as everything else. And so, um, yeah, we just came up with a bunch of strategies that we could do that. And when it came time to launch, uh, what I started doing, I leveraged my skills. So I am very good in front of a crowd. Like, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm interesting enough when I'm talking here on a mic alone in a room, but if you put me in front of a crowd, I'm, I'm very, very talented. It's one of my oh, big skill okay. sets is public speaking. Hmm. And so we leveraged that, you know, we started doing every single month we were doing free talks. And in the beginning we had, and this was to get people to sign up. And in the beginning we would get, I don't know, eight, 10 people in a room. And then 10 became 20, became 30, became 40. And then, you know, we got to a point where we'd be filling a room with 100, 120 people to a free talk every month. Wow. Um, That's great. Yeah. And then selling <laughs> the program to those guys. And that was, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Are you an expert or course creator trying to monetize your online course? Well, use our one page template to get more paying students to your online course without marketing overwhelm or sleazy sales tactics. You can download this for free at unstoppablebusiness.com. Now, back to the show. Yeah, that's super awesome. Um, Damien, what did you mean by mentorship is not a selfless act? So, when, whenever you, okay, uh, when, I mean, anyone listening, you know, if you think of a time when a friend asked you for advice on something, even if you're not an expert on that something, they asked you because they think your opinion is valid. Whenever that's happened to you, you find that they ask you the question and then you, it's a question you've never necessarily considered before. But the act of trying to formulate a, um, a useful, helpful answer for that person, it consolidates your own opinions and your own thoughts on how you should behave. Because when we when we give advice to other people, we're, we're really in many ways advising ourselves. Mm. And mm -hmm. so the experience of mentoring really consolidates your own understanding of yourself and how you should interact with the world in regards to, you know, the topic in which you're mentoring. And so many people find that their, their, their knowledge of an area or their understanding of themselves never becomes so powerful as when they've mentored other people in that area. Wow, that's wow, that's pretty awesome. I never heard of that before. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, parents will often say it too, right? You never really know yourself until you've been a parent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> okay. So, Damien, when did this evolve into those um, online courses then? Yeah, I, look, I'll be honest. It took me a long time to get on that bandwagon, which yeah. which honestly was in many ways a business mistake. Um, but it took me a long time. What happened actually, I got some pretty serious medical issues. And okay. I had to step, I had to step, I couldn't run my seminars anymore. I couldn't go out and do infield coaching. So my coaches had to take over everything. And, and that meant that I had to rethink how we marketed ourselves and how we made income and money. And, um, you know, I needed to take a break. What happened to me, what had happened really in some ways too, is I'd reached burnout level. You know, I'd spent so much time being the man, um, right. the man with all mm -hmm. the answers and the expert that you lose yourself a little bit. And I needed to get a little bit better connected with who Damien actually was and not the facade, you know, not the 
on screen, not the the Damien on a stage. And so and so what I started to need to do as a business was was find a way to utilize me as a person without having to go out and run events anymore and without being out coaching in person. And so that started to become the beginning of, all right, well, let's take what I'm teaching guys and turn this into an online product and turn this into something that we can sell to guys that will have a great amount of value for them without without me having to be there in person because I wasn't able to do that anymore, at least in the foreseeable future with some of my health stuff. So right. that mm-hmm. that's what I got pushed into it, <laughs> kicking and screaming in many ways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was kind of a, and then and you know, and then it evolved, and then I started to say, well, what other thing, what other ways can I help guys, you know? And then it became not just about dating, uh, not just about pickup, and it became about Tinder, you know, and helping guys with Tinder, and then it became online dating, mm-hmm. and then it became, you know, women and women and dating, and so it evolved, and then because I realized that you know, online products are a really great way to reach more people. Um, I wouldn't say it's less work. I think that's a bit of a, um. That's a bit of a, I mean, if I, if I, because what you're doing is you're constantly marketing still, you know, you're constantly tweaking and changing. And if I stop working, uh, for three weeks in a few weeks down the line, after I get back to work, we'll have a sudden dip in income. (laughs) Right. Right. So I still have Uh to keep the engine turning. It's never Mm -hmm. just set and forget. At least I haven't, I haven't found online training to be set and forget. Online products are great because you can make money all the time and it's great to wake up to your bank account and there's there's extra money in there uh that, that just happened while you were sleeping and that's very exciting um but it does it requires online at least for me it's always required online maintenance to keep it moving mm, gotcha <laughs> so as you shifted over and you were kicking and screaming um what do you kind of think of it now with the online courses do you prefer it over live coaching i do now I do now because it's um, I've changed a lot. I guess when you go through tough things in your life, you change a lot and you evolve. And um, you know, back then I think also I I enjoyed the attention. I enjoyed being the expert up on the stage and all the attention and stuff. And that has very little meaning to me now. Um, mm, mm-hmm. I'm not looking for that anymore. I've grown out of it. I've changed. I've you know whatever however you want to put it. And so yeah. yeah and so yeah, I much prefer the online stuff. Like I really love working alone at home, developing new training materials and. Um, you know, I really like that thing, that part of it. My partner tends to look after more of the marketing than I do now and the advertising, but I really enjoy that. I, I, I dig it. I dig my alone time. I'm an introverted heart, truth be told. And so, you know, being able to work alone and my own time on a computer in my room is, is quite satisfying. Hmm. Gotcha. Wow. So Damien, what kind of projects are you working on right now? That's most important to you at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, we have always so many things happening and growing at the one time. There's, there's two major things that we've got going on. One is um, we've learned that, you know, we have our online training program um, for dating, but we realize that not everyone wants to learn everything there is to know about dating, right? And just pay for one, you know, high price premium product. And so what we're actually doing is we're chunking it down. We're selling it as pieces. So I'm re remaking the entire program as individual um, elements, you know, so instead of a, an entire dating program, it's all right, here's a program just about learning to tease and banter with people. Here's a program mm-hmm. just about learning to mm-hmm. overcome fear, approach anxiety and, and overcome that hump. Here's a program about how to set up and, and, and go on and, and go through really amazing dates. Right. And here's a pro and, 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 you know, pricing each one much cheaper and selling it as chunks. 
So, right. you know, we're doing that at the moment because it's, mm-hmm. it's again, it's, it's understanding how to bring your market in because if you're asking people to pay for a $700 online training product, you've got to build a, ooh, so much trust. But if you want to sell them a $99 product for a specific skill set, there's a lot less trust required to get asked someone for $100. So, you know, these are just the things that we learn going along the way. But also now I'm also I've got a new brand new online product which is it's called Tribe Academy and it's literally just it hasn't even formally launched yet, but what this is is it's it's life coaching but utilizing the mm-hmm. power of tribe. So essentially you're going through these life coaching, you're working on different parts of your life, like you might be working on your finance and getting your finances sorted, you might be working on career and, um, or you might be working on developing friend networks, or you might be working on, you know, different parts of your life, different parts of life coaching. And what you're doing is a little bit like Weight Watchers, you're meeting online on Skype with your tribe every week. So everyone in your tribe is working on the same thing together. Um, and they're discussing every week. This is what I worked on. This is what I'm struggling with. I didn't get anything done this week. I found like life got in the way. You know, it's that supportive base touching that everyone has every week um, that that a lot of people need. I mean, people pay big bucks. A lot of what people really pay a coach for, like a personal trainer at the gym, everyone knows how to build muscle, but they still pay for a personal trainer. And the reason right. they do that is because a lot of people just need that touch point. They need mm. someone to be accountable to, to keep them moving. And you don't have to necessarily pay an expert to do that in many ways, right? So if you've got a tribe that you meet with every week, that tribe can be your touch point and your motivation. Uh, and you can end up paying a lot less because you're not paying an expert, if that makes sense. You've got your high quality training material and then, you know, your people to keep motivated. So yeah, we've got that running at the moment. That's just going through through the beta testing through all our existing clients. A lot of them are wanting to do this program. So it's just going through the testing and being evolved and developed so it's exactly what they want and that's going to be launched next month that's very exciting wow that's really awesome it seems like you're constantly evolving constantly doing new things Hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's it's that's i guess in this business one thing i've learned is that you want to in any business in the beginning when you start something an online training business is the same you got to do everything, right? You've got to be the person who handles the finances and you've got to be the person who handles the advertising and the person who builds the products and the you've got to be that person. But one of the luxuries of once you've got traction, and I think it's one of the things you should do sooner rather than later, is niche your workload. Like start doing the stuff you are good at and you enjoy and farm everything else out to other people. So mm-hmm. I just do what I enjoy. And what I enjoy is building interesting programs. So I just do that. That's what I do day in and day out. I do some other bits and pieces too, like, you know, I do Skype coaching with people and whatnot. But the, the bread and butter of my work is just developing new programs. And that's what I do. So I just do that merrily. <laughs> I just go on my way and keep <laughs> developing new things. And nice. DD, my partner, has to find a way to market it and sell it. Wow. That's pretty awesome setup. <laughs> yeah, it is. So Damien, what's the what's the vision for you? What's like the five to ten year vision for you from them? It's a very good question. Um, I want for me the big thing is to get away from being the dating coaching guy. Um, you know, I am so much more than that. The company has always been. Our clients have always been so much more than that. Uh, very few clients I can think of that just wanted to be better with women. Really, they all just wanted to be better men and and grow mm-hmm. in their lives. And, mm-hmm. and I've always been about. You know, that's my passions of lay with so many more things than just women and picking up. And mm-hmm. that's just such a small fraction. It's just that was the, that was where we started. And that's how the company grew. But so in, in many ways, five years down the line, I think it'll be a lot more about just 
self-development. It'll be a lot more about giving people an accessible way to work on themselves because I think self-development has in many ways become expensive if people aren't careful. And Mm -hmm. what I'm working so hard towards now is to find a way to offer a product that is premium, but because it's, it doesn't take, you know, if I develop really high quality training materials and then have a really high quality backend to service that, like people have got their tribes, they've got a community, they've got, you know, easy way to get support because I've got a backend that looks after itself as well. It can be sold at a much lower price because it isn't requiring my direct hours to run it. And so, yeah, I think I think that's where I that's where my passions lie is getting something like that set up that really has a big impact on people without having to break their bank. Because I think that's a mm. hole right now. You either get a shit product or you get a really expensive product with a really great mentor or coach, um, but then you're paying through the nose for it. And a lot of, I mean. If you're struggling to make ends meet, you can't afford to pay through the nose for that expert. So there's there's a gap there in my mind. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So thanks so much for sharing your story, Damien. Is there anything else that you want to say to our audience out there listening? Yeah. Look, I, I think the last thing that I'll say, um, with anyone in the audience, especially with online products, I'll I'll I'll, I'll guess I, I'll if you've got the time, there's one short story I'll tell because it's been an important part of my understanding of the world of online products. When I first developed uh, an online version, training version of um, the the dating coaching that I was doing, when I first developed it, no one wanted to buy it. I I could get people to buy my course and my in-person training, but it was like I tried all these things and no one was interested in purchasing my product. Hmm. And I assumed that it meant no one wanted this kind of product. And so after about a month and a half, I thought, oh, well, I guess it's not a great product. And then I created School of Tinder, which is the Tinder coaching program for guys. And I had the same thing. I just couldn't get many sales. And I thought, well, evidently, there's just no need. There's no desire in this industry. And I gave up after about a month and a half. And my partner really pushed me to start marketing these on my YouTube channel. And I did that and for a month, for two months, and I got no traction. All of a sudden, by about the three, four month point, all of a sudden, we started getting sales. Like a lot of them started trickling through. Wow. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and it's interesting. And so I think my message to leave men and women who are listening with is it can be really, really hard to know if it's your product that sucks or not the pro- if your product is just something people don't want or if it's priced wrongly or if it's not being marketed efficiently to the right people. And I think that you really need to have a strategy to, to have a bunch of different ways of funnels, of ways of getting different kinds of people in to see your product before you label it as something that isn't going to get traction. Because it was really easy for me to give up and uh, assume it just wasn't something people were interested in. As it turns out, it is. <laughs> 